Hello, welcome back to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Robin Dyke. And with me, as always, my co-host, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm here. He is here. We're locked, loaded, ready to go. We have a wrestling bonanza episode today. Lots of stuff going on in the world of professional wrestling this week. If you're not a professional wrestling fan, don't worry. We're still doing our NFL division uh, position-by-positional breakdown. Uh, and ranking so stay tuned to the end of the show for that but if you aren't a professional wrestling fan maybe stick around maybe learn a couple things you never know you might get interested you may want to go look it up you may want to go watch some of these shows that we're going to be talking about today we're talking the huge huge news at the start of the show vince mcmahon's retirement we've also got ring of honor's death before dishonor show and we are going to be previewing wwe SummerSlam that's happening next weekend um and like i mentioned earlier We've also got the uh, – what what division are we doing this week, Mike? AFC East. AFC East uh, positional breakdown rankings. So lots of stuff to go over here. Um, we're on the eve of NFL training camps, which is exciting as well. So we're getting ready for that. Lots of good stuff coming your way. But let's just jump right in, Mike. Um, but the biggest news, clearly – I'm sorry. I think it's the biggest news of the week. I, unless something else happened that I'm missing, um, it's the biggest news. Vince McMahon, 77, retiring out of WWE. He's stepping down as chairman. That's now just Stephanie McMahon. He's no longer CEO. There's co-CEOs now. Nick Khan and Stephanie are co-CEOs. Um, and I think the biggest thing, step down as head of creative for WWE. Now, he is still the majority shareholder. So how long he stays retired? Mm, I don't really know. Didn't give up all of his shares either. So clearly he is still a big player in the game, whether we like to admit it or not. So that's always something I want people to kind of have in the back of their heads here. But for right now, for right now, at least he's gone. Mm-hmm. He stepped down. Um, obviously, I don't know how you feel about it. It definitely feels like there's something, there's some more fire to this. Some of these accusations and what have you. Um, but I, I'm going to kind of stay clear of that for just a bit here. I, I On this show here, we don't get political. We don't get into super controversial topics like this usually because, quite frankly, um, we don't have all the answers, so there's not a really ton of room to comment on it. If you want people to talk out their ass, listen to another show. Um, but I do want to talk about, though, is what does this mean, right? Taking the accusations out of it, your thoughts. Give me your thoughts first off because I lost my mind. I legitimately lost my mind because – I never thought I'd see the day, even though he's 77, I'm eventually going to see the day where he's no longer the head of the WWE. Mm-hmm. This is weird. It's four decades. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, all right, see ya. Um, you know, talk to me about just your, your initial reaction to getting the news that he's like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to be done for yeah. until people forget about these accusations and I'll come back. Yep. That's exa- <laughs> that's, that, that was my thought. Um, yeah, I mean, I I didn't have, like, the craziest reaction to it. Yeah. Outside, I was like, oh, Triple H is going to start running some Well, yeah, things. Triple H is back as executive vice president of talent relations, yeah. so that's kind of nice. Yeah, that, and then, like, yep. I, I just like the the idea of not even, like, a makeover to the WWE, just maybe seeing some different stuff. Yeah, is, for sure. And, like, from, a fri- from some fresh minds, yep. I think it's kind of funny. Because having one person really just run creative like Vince does yeah. for so long at this point, I feel like some of the stuff he's been doing has been just kind of stale. Mm-hmm. Like, some of the, like, they're not, they, they haven't done a great job building some uh, around Even SummerSlam, you got six rematches on this card. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, like, yeah. you, like how many times 
Are, you yeah. just, are we going to get Roman Brock right. over and over again? You know what Absolutely. I mean? Stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. But the scariest part was they were going to, like, Brock left, left SmackDown for a little bit. Yeah. And they were like, are we, we got the replacement. You ready for ready. this? Goldberg. And I went. Well, that was the rumor. That, that was a rumor. Confirmed. No, no, it wasn't going yeah. to be confirmed unless yeah. Brock actually left left. Right. And then we were going to have to find it out. Plan. But I was like, if that was a contingency plan, I was like, you couldn't have gotten anybody. Yeah, no kidding. So like, yeah. so that was Literally like my thought was like, else, yeah. I was like maybe now we can maybe venture into the area where we build up guys, yeah, well, a I little think, better yeah. than what Vince was doing, and right. so, and that's why I think the news that hit me more than the Vince McMahon leaving was the Triple H news. I was like, oh, Triple H is coming in for a little bit here. Yeah, if he can do anything that he was doing in NXT, right, with the with the roster they got now. Well, so Triple H is awesome. back as, as head of talent relations, right? That's that's not in the creative end of it. Yeah. However, it, it does lend itself to he's also head of the the, the program where, mm-hmm. you know, they're signing college athletes ahead of time. Yeah. So when they're done with their college careers, they come over and they start training for the WWE. He's the figurehead of that as well. Yeah. So he's gonna have his he's gonna have you know, his finger on the pulse when it comes to everything. So I would anticipate not a mass amount of like independent guys being signed to WWE by any stretch. Cause mm-hmm. I do think that that's kind of deviating from their overall strategy. Mm-hmm. And if you look at it, I don't necessarily disagree with it. When you look at what AEW's has done and they basically said, anybody who's not signed to WWE can come here. Mm-hmm. That's basically what they did. So you have a very limited pool of guys that have established themselves and are available to be signed as guys who can come in and make a difference. Mm-hmm. Right. There's not many of those guys left right now. So, signing a whole bunch of independent guys just because they're independent guys doesn't make a lot of sense when they know they have a system. They've built it. Like, you can criticize what WWE does and how they're a create-a-wrestler factory at this point. Bianca Belair is a prime example of the WWE system working. Mm-hmm. She was not a wrestler. She had no independent wrestling skills. She was a track runner at the University of Tennessee, signed because she was a great athlete, and now she's one of the biggest five wrestlers in the world. Mm-hmm. That is the level of what WWE can do if if you follow the program, mm-hmm. right? And you get over and you be and you find, you know, your niche, right? So I understand that, but I do think we are going to see a bit of a shift in creative right now. Bruce Pritchard is currently taken over as head of creative. Bruce Pritchard has been in creative for WWE since like 1987, 1988. He's been there a hot minute, left mm-hmm. for a while, left for a decade, came back. He's, he was with TNA for a while. Everybody who's listening to the show who knows wrestling knows who Bruce Pritchard is. However, um, I do think you're going to see a change, right? I do think you're going to start to see um, a little bit more of some, I think some creative liberties taken by talent, right? Where maybe not everything is so black and white. Like this is the script. This is the script, Mm -hmm. right? Like, and maybe not everybody, there's a select few guys that can kind of take it and make it. But a lot of guys like, Hey, no, write Mm -hmm. it. Here you go. Right. Um, the feeling backstage, apparently according to Laura reports was that it felt a little bit looser backstage, right? Everyone felt a little bit like, a little more go with the flowy, mm-hmm. which was kind of interesting as well. You know, this is going to be something in addition to the news last week we got about TV 14 potentially coming back to Raw. There, There's a lot of potential for a lot of change in a very quick order, right? Mm-hmm. Where you could see some things where you go, oh, that that's different, right? This is different. And I think you're going to you're going to really need to see it play out. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think SummerSlam is going to be like this grandiose, like, wow, this is a totally different show. It's not going to happen. But I do think over time right with you know with a little bit different thought process you know a little bit hopefully long-term thought being put into some of this stuff um and maybe some new guys being elevated right and maybe that transition from nxt to the main roster is a little bit more successful a little more fruitful as we go forward 
Um, what is Triple H's impact? No idea, mm-hmm. right? What is Stephanie's impact now as CEO and chairwoman? I don't know, right? Like, there's so many unanswered questions, but we are in uncharted territory. Like, neither of us have ever been alive at a point where Vince McMahon was not head man in charge. Mm-hmm. So it's a very interesting thought. Um, other question I want to ask you about this, and this is something that kind of chapped my ass a little bit. I'm not going to lie to you. Like I said, I'm taking the allegations out of it for a second there. The, the circumstances in which he's retiring and stepping down, I get it. It sucks. It's awful. It's awkward. That's not the point I want to get here. Give me your thoughts, though, before I go on my soapbox, because I did think it was a little bit disrespectful and a little bit short-sighted by both, by fans especially, of this mass praise that he's leaving. Now, I say that with the th- with the asterisk. I understand that maybe the product has felt a little bit stale mm-hmm. and needs needs a refresher, right? Needs a breath of like, hey, let, we need to do something to like mm-hmm. wake somebody up here. Um, but I did think at the end of the day, it was a little bit much to be like, oh, thank God the old man's gone. Like he's done. Like he's just this cancer to the industry. Mm-hmm. I could not disagree with that more. So before I go on my soapbox. Give me your thoughts on the somewhat volatile reaction slash celebration that he's gone. Yeah. Because I did think that was a little bit misguided, I mm-hmm. guess, is the best way yeah. of putting that. I mean, I wasn't like... Like, you saw it, right? Yeah, I was... I was like, I, oh, my gosh, it's the best. Like, I thank was, God. Yeah, I wasn't fully on that spectrum yeah. of, oh, yeah, he's just... Go- you Thank God he's gone, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Um, I was just more on, like, I just think WWE needed a influx of just like new yeah, from right. the creative side yeah, for sure. so like 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 yeah. hearing it's not like, just vince writing storylines yeah right? but like, like my yeah. like from hearing when like raw would be like an hour before the show vince reads the script yeah, rips it up and like rewrites it all himself oh, yeah like that sure. kind of stuff i'm yeah. just like i i, I just kind of not even that like we need to take vince completely out of creative yeah. i just wish that it was more like Right, you need some people. You to need have a couple their, other yeah. people to give some insight and yeah. like write some stuff because some of the better stuff that they were writing the last couple of years was all from Vince either. No, of course, like not. it was no. from other people. And so I was, I, I'm not in the camp that like Vince needed to leave creative or anything, but I was yeah. just like, I would like to see a little more like influence yeah. from other people. Yeah. And so now that Vince is gone, now we can see. Okay, now we right. got what do we Bruce got? is yeah. the head of guy, but maybe he's going to take some stuff from other people. Maybe yeah, the writing, sure. maybe not every storyline is going to feel like the exact yeah. same well to give me thing. some insight too right so from a historic perspective you know vince has always been the head guy right like mm. whatever vince says goes right and that's the reason why they've been so successful but at the longest time it was vince mcmahon bruce pritchard and pat patterson writing creative that was that was basically the core creative team mm. for the good chunk of the 80s and 90s right so as obviously right vince russo took over at one point as you know as lead creative guy right in addition to vince, vince has always been the approver but you know they've had head writers in the past michael hayes road dog they've had head lead creative guys in the past stephanie paul Heyman, name a guy mm-hmm. person it, they've done it right um so yeah I, I definitely agree with you right that i do think it's time to maybe even though vince is you know i vince is still gonna be there's no way he'd be he's gonna be gone for a little bit i, I can't imagine he's just gonna step away i feel like it's gonna kill him um but i do think that it's gonna be interesting to see the dynamic right and to see how the talent takes to now okay who do i go to who's the final say who's going where right like because there's such a machine at this point right it's like hey vince is gone okay back to work and Mm -hmm. everyone just goes okay and they just go do their thing right so they're almost built to the point now where it's like even with vince gone 
maybe you're going to start to see some some creative freedom a little bit more, right? Where it's not so black and white. To your point, maybe the storylines aren't repetitive to the point where you go, good Lord, we've seen this mm -hmm. several million times. Um, I want to get on my soapbox here for a second, though, because um, you know I'm sure people at this point have pegged me as a WWE guy, but here, here's the reality of the situation here. Um, every single promotion, every single group that exists currently today, especially in, in North America, uh, would not exist without Vince McMahon. Straight up. Th there is... There is nothing that AEW, there is nothing that WCW, there is nothing that ECW, there, all of these things, while maybe there's been new ideas or something else like that, they've all spawned from one company doing it better. And that's the WWE or WWF, whatever you want to call it here. Um, the reality is this. Without Vince McMahon and what he did, bringing professional wrestling in from a local bars and small arena type venues to making it a global phenomenon, which it is now. And the reason why some of your favorite people exist, all your favorite memories are going to stem from something that came out of the mind of Vince McMahon. Now you can say, well, you needed Hulk Hogan. Sure. No doubt. Right. Hulk Hogan helped that a ton, but the fact that there are things like WrestleMania that stand out above everything else as a brand, the fact that WWE is a multi-billion dollar company, the fact that they are publicly traded, the fact that every single star you can think of in professional wrestling, whether it's Hulk Hogan, John Cena, Stone Cold, The Rock, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, um, even Ric Flair, they all made their mark in one place under one man who made them stars. So I find it very intriguing slash insulting slash short-sighted to bottle up what maybe his last five, 10 years has not been the greatest creative wise. And to then go, well, this is what his mark is because it's not, I mean, you're talking about the same guy who created WrestleMania. You're talking about the same person who t led a company through a manhunt of a steroid trial, who lost the biggest icon in professional wrestling, Hulk Hogan, and then came out the other end thriving as a publicly traded company. At the end of the day, the impact that Vince McMahon has had on professional wrestling can never be undersold. It literally can never be undersold. Everybody else who will do it is just following him. And I know people don't like to hear that. I know people don't like to hear, and I'm not saying it's all Vince, but what I am saying is that there's, at the end of the day, the common denominator of why WWE has succeeded and every other comp major company has failed is because they didn't have Vince McMahon, because they didn't have one guy with a vision to go, this is where we're going, this is what we're doing, and had the balls to say, whether it works or it doesn't, I'm the one that falls on the sword because it's me. So I want fans to understand that, that every one of your favorite moments, whether it's Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 12, whether it's Bret and Austin at 13, whether it's Austin at 14, whether it's Hogan and Andre at WrestleMania 3, whether it's John Cena and any one of his ma massive moments, whether it's The Rock, whether it's Stone Cold, whether it's whoever one of your favorites are, they all came from the same place and they all became stars under the same place.
And at the end of the day, there's one man who's responsible for that more than anybody else. The talent obviously has a factor in it. The creative process has a factor in it. But if Vince McMahon did not provide the opportunity to each one of those people, they would not be who they are to you. That includes CM Punk. That includes Daniel Bryan. That includes Chris Jericho. Includes all those guys. So I want people to really understand that, yes, maybe for the long-term health of the business, it is the right move for Vince at this point in his life to maybe take a step back and let some other guys, some fresh talent, take take over, which it's Bruce Pritchard, so it's not like fresh talent. He's been creative for 30 years. But to let other people take the reins, maybe. But to say that Vince McMahon has done anything but improve revitalize and elevate the world of professional wrestling is a by far and away inaccuracy that I think really needs to get dismissed. Nobody's done it better. Nobody will do it better. Nobody's ever come close to his stratosphere when it comes to what he's done as a promoter and as a businessman. Can't be touched. Cannot be touched. Okay, sorry, that's it. So I had to get out of my chest because I just think it's crazy to me the, the amount of people. And yes, you can be happy at this point in his, in his time that maybe there's need to be somebody else taking over. But to di- just completely outright dismiss every single character, every single great storyline, every single moment. Like, people do realize that him and Stone Cold this year, right? Whose idea you think that was? Everyone talks about, man, that was, I mean, it was crazy. Worst stunner ever, right? Vince McMahon, you know, those moments don't just happen. So I want people to understand that and have an appreciation. Take the allegations out of it for a second. That sucks. I don't, I don't agree with what he did, whatever, whatever comes out from that. But from a purely professional wrestling standpoint, you can't just say Vince never did anything. You can't write him off as just the guy that just said yes or no. Because those yes or no decisions changed lives of everybody here. We are not talking about all elite wrestling without Vince McMahon. It's just not possible. Because guess what Tony Khan watched when he was a kid? WWF. So it's all cyclical, ladies and gentlemen. So really take the time to appreciate what Vince McMahon did for the industry and did for every single one of your favorites. Every single one of them that at the end of the night walked out as WWE champion, somebody made that happen. So think about that before we immediately start to crucify the guy who's literally given 50 years of his life to the industry. Okay, I'm done. I'm off of it. I'm good. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I just, I just, it's, it, it's frustrating to me because as somebody who, who appreciates the history of the industry as much as I do, who studies it, who wants to know more all the time about this thing, it's just crazy to me how we can just completely just be like, oh, I didn't really do much. Like, it's, that's just mind-boggling to me and such short-sightedness. And it's somewhere it's like, well, I don't like WWE. That's fine. But if you didn't like WWE, then you probably don't like anybody who ever came from there. Stone Cold Steve Austin didn't break through the glass ceiling on his own. Neither did The Rock. Neither did The Undertaker. Neither did Mankind. Neither did Hulk Hogan. Neither did any of them. Somebody had to be there. Somebody had to give them the opportunity, the platform, to do what they wanted to do. And that's Vince McMahon. All right. 
let's shift focus here a little bit. Mike, do we want to jump into SummerSlam first, or do we want to talk about Death of Cortisano? Which one do you want to go into? We'll, we'll do SummerSlam first. SummerSlam first? All right, let's stay on the WWE track here. Yeah. Um, first major pay-per-view without Vince McMahon being in charge, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, cards kind of set at this point, though. Uh, lots of rematches. Um I will say, though, looking at it, there's potential for this card to be still pretty good. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've got a lot of really good matchups here that could really deliver for this show. So that's kind of what I'm hoping for um, is a a similar performance to last year, a la minus the whole, you know, Becky beating Bianca in six seconds. (laughs) Great. Mike was upset. Yeah. (laughs) I forgot all about that. So that? that was fun. Yeah. All right. Um, first match, Seth yep. Rollins versus Riddle. 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 Riddle's Riddle, been Riddle. on uh, a tear. Yeah, really has been. Who do you Who do you have? Um, I'm gonna give Seth the nod here. He hasn't won on pay per view in like six months, so yeah. I think he needs to get a win here. <laughs> I'm gonna say Seth gets the win. Yeah, I was gonna agree with you on that yeah. one. Yeah, um, I think I think at some point you gotta be like, all right. Even Gina, Cena didn't lose eight pay per views in a row. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's tough out there for these guys. Right? No kidding. Uh, we got The Miz versus returning absolute YouTube icon Logan Paul. All right. Actually, the, boxing icon. My bad. Is he the boxing icon? I thought his well, brother Jake Paul well, they, was they boxing. They both box. They both box? Yeah. Okay, sure. Lo- Logan boxed Floyd. Oh, that's right. Mayweather that was the big one. Knocked him out and then held him up. And he was like, hey, you good? He's like, uh. Yeah. Anyway, um, but, you know, Logan, though, I will say, right? We talked about it at WrestleMania. Claudia did a great job. Claudia did a phenomenal job mm-hmm. at WrestleMania. Here's the only problem I have with this. Not a baby face. Logan? Yeah. Like, no, they're trying to yet. make him one right yeah. now. He's not a baby face. Yeah. He is the literal, like, if he's the Miz, if the Miz didn't exist. Yeah. It's the same character, yeah. right? So the Miz is doing what he can, and that goes to speak. And I'm, I'm growing, every day I grow a little bit more appreciation for the Miz mm-hmm. because of how much he's grown as a talent. But they're really relying heavily on the Miz to be this arrogant, you know, chicken shit heel mm-hmm. to make look like oh man Logan Paul I, I really want to see him but the reality is it should be flipped mm-hmm. it should have been having you know name a guy go up against him and I want to see Logan Paul get his ass kicked yeah. right that's the attraction at the end of the day so I think this match is going to be better than people expect it to be quite mm-hmm. frankly I think the Miz is going to really guide him through this um, and the fact that he signed where he, we're going to see more of him is interesting. Can't be a babyface, though. Cannot be a long-term babyface for them. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. He's His whole entire YouTube persona is about wanting to see him get his ass kicked. You can't then immediately start trying to make him a babyface. It's, it's a square peg round hole. Mm-hmm. Logan gets the win, though. Logie does get the win. Yeah. Um, no do, reason. Do, do you agree with me on that, or do you think it's different? Because I just don't see it. No, no, no I agree. No, he he's the guy who you just walk out and you just want to boo the crap. Yeah, out of. exactly. Really and he would embrace it, but then he goes and has a performance like he did at Mania, where he go, God damn it, that was pretty good. Yeah. You know, like you can appreciate it, mm-hmm. but enjoy not like him. It's good heat yeah. rather yeah. than go away heat. Yeah, exactly. Uh, next up, we got Pat McAfee versus Heavy Corbin. Pat, Mac- I just want Pat McAfee to win. I don't care. Oh, yeah, no. McAfee's, I don't care. McAfee's probably going to win here. I think, once again, I think this is another match where you go, it's better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, Pat McAfee's know? awesome. Pat's does a really good job, takes it seriously, which is good. That's the thing. Getting celebrities who take it seriously, right? Mm-hmm. Having guys, even you go back to, uh, like, 11 with Lawrence Taylor, took it seriously, trained had a great match because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to be pretty good. I don't think it's going to be as good as him in theory, though. No. Because I don't think Corbin is as good a worker, and he's bigger. Yeah. So it's a little bit 
Well, awkward. Yeah. I think I think McAfee's going to do a lot of flippy dippies in this yeah, one. Mac- and, <laughs> I love McAfee. Yeah, he's going to be great. Yeah, I'm just going to miss him on commentary I, for his I own want match. him to have like real gear though. Mm-hmm. Like, go back to what he was doing in NXT where he had like a looks like a look. Yeah. Don't come out here in jeans yeah. or shorts or whatever. You know what I mean? Hey, you can wear shorts. Yeah. I know I know another guy who wears shorts. Yeah, wear shorts, fine. But like, that's at least your gimmick. Don't yeah. put. You didn't have like elbow pads or knee pads. You had tennis shoes. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Like, even Cena had knee pads. Don't you don't you disparage the name of John Matthew Cena? I don't know his middle name. That's fine. I, I don't think it's Matthew. I, <laughs> I don't think, I don't think it is. I don't think it that is, is that is not flow up the tongue like it should. So. <laughs> His mom was not did not give birth and go. John John, John Juan Cena. It's not going to be that. <laughs> let me tell you. Um, yeah, I, I By the way, I love George. So that's not me disparaging George. I wear George. Oh my god, on the daily. Yeah, we were never going to get his middle name right. First, he's got two of them. Number one. Oh. Number two is Felix Anthony. So John Felix Anthony Cena. Mm. That does not flow at all. No, that's fine. Okay, keep going. Okay. <laughs> Good lord. Uh, SmackDown women's title match would be up next. We got Liv Morgan, the champion. Whoa, the champion cash in. Uh, Versing Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Really uh, hoping Liv wins this one. Yeah. Also very worried that they're like, all right, we're going to give Liv a month with the title just to give it right back to Ronda. Um, yeah, so. Because this is, this is how WWE likes to build yeah. to have like Ronda Rousey be like a 13-time women's champion in like two years oh, yeah. as they have like one-month title reigns. Yeah, so, so. the issue I have, the, so what I read before, right, the, the kind of the insider knowledge is basically it's this is a direct correlation to Sasha and Naomi leaving. Mm-hmm. This is a direct correlation to that. They're like, we need a new baby face. Let's give Love a shot. She's getting good, good reactions. She's getting really good reactions right mm-hmm. now. Clearly, once again, not a former wrestler coming in with through the system and is now women's champion. Can't stress it enough. Um, but... I don't. I, I'm gonna be really disappointed if they take the title off of her here. Mm-hmm. I, I think you can do a schmaz, have Natalia run in. I would rather have them spin off and give me Natalia Ronda three times, even though that's gonna suck long term. Mm-hmm. And let Liv be the champion and yeah. let Ronda do something else, and then I right, have Charlotte come back in six months and beat her for it. At least you've established Liv going forward as a main eventer rather than just immediately taking it off her. I don't want Liv Morgan to be Carmella. Mm-hmm. Let me put it that way. Yeah. Right? I'd rather her be somebody who's at the top at any time could win it. Yeah. That's what you want her to be. Uh, next up, we got the U.S. title match uh, rematch. We got Theory trying to win his title back, taking mm-hmm. on Bobby the Big Boy Lashley. I was kind of surprised they didn't do this for both Money in the Bank and the U.S. title. Low-key, a la RVD Shelton Benjamin okay. in that yeah, tier. I, yeah. Um, Throw some history knowledge at you right here. No, I knew that. Yeah. I was just, I just didn't think that's where they were going to go. No, I was just kind of surprised because it's, it's, it's SummerSlam. It's a big match, yeah. right? Because then it's like, oh, wait. Because you can be like, all right, well, Theory can take the U.S. title back here. Or it's like, oh, Bobby Lashley's just going to retain because it's already money in the bank. But with both of it on the line, now you go, yeah, which oh, one? crap, where yeah. are we going to go with it, right? Um, I don't really see a need for Theory to win this here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very concerned about what they're doing with this money in the bank thing right now. So I'm going to say Bobby retains. I think he should retain. He's hot right now as a babyface. I never yeah. thought I'd say that. He is hotter as a babyface right now than he's ever been. Yeah, I think I think Bobby retains too. Yeah. I don't think there's any way. I don't think there's any reason you give Bobby only a month. US and I title think it's reign. good to have him as the United States champion. Like when you look at their title holders right now, you have credible champions mm-hmm. throughout. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I I really can't be upset by it. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up we have Bianca Belair champion taking on Becky Lynch rematch for Mania. 
um, for the Raw Women's Championship. This is, a, this is a tough one for me. This one's no tough. Idea. I have no um, idea. I have no idea what they're going to do. This match should be good because their Mania match was really good. Yeah. Um, I would tend to lean I feel like Bianca. Like, yeah. I feel like Bianca's going to get it somehow. But, like she's going to like come back and get a roll up or catch her and then like she's yeah. like oh, I got you back yeah back I'm just thinking because like I don't know. their first one was SummerSlam last year right. Becky wins in like four seconds right and then Bianca gets the rematch at Mania so this is like their third yeah but like not it's like their two and a half yeah <laughs> because two first seconds. I, 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 yeah I don't got their first one yeah. um so I, yeah. I'll, I'll tend to say Bianca yeah. overcomes I think I'd um, rather see Bianca. I would 100% rather see Bianca overcome. But yeah. but then I, I kind of also think, where does this spin Becky into? Because right, then Becky's not thought, doing anything. Because, right? like, Bianca, okay, now we can spin. You know, the problem is is that they're lacking depth at the top mm-hmm. uh, of the women's side right now. So it's it's a little bit difficult. Once again, they benefit a lot from just having one women's champion. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I just don't know where, where it goes from here, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think at any time, once again, Becky's reached the status where you give the title to her and everybody goes, oh, okay, and it's believable. You mm-hmm. get it. Um, I don't know. I just feel like Becky's been losing a lot lately, so I feel like she could get the win back here and then kind of like, all right, well, Becky's champion again. Now where do we go? Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I could also see Charlotte coming back here mm-hmm. and, and doing something with either one of the women's champions, right, depending on who walks out. Actually, I'd prefer it to be Bianca and Charlotte because that, yes, be that would be phenomenal, yeah. right? set that up long-term booking to get us to mania somehow mm-hmm. that'd be great yes you know so i don't know yeah i'll, I'll take bianca i'll with... say becky wins but i'm not confident i, I can't be confident either way quite yeah. frankly yeah i take bianca with just soul yeah want of yeah. bianca to right. win. yeah i would want i want bianca to win i don't know though i mean she's been champ six months so it's not like she's been yeah cut her you know cut from under here uh, we got the dual tag team title match theme oh, yeah. we got going on. Uh, the Usos champions taking on the Street Profits. We got special referee Jeff Jarrett coming J-E-F-F. in. J E double F J E double R E double T Jeff Jarrett. Ha <laughs> ha. Yes. So uh, that's that's gonna be a thing. But the Usos win. Yeah, Usos do win. Um, this is gonna probably be the best match on the show. Um, yes, I think they should get by a lot, a lot of time. Yeah. By the way, I think I think I think uh, for a match that like no one probably will care about, Seth Rollins and Riddle will probably be really yes, good. I do agree. But this is yes. like the title match. Everyone's yeah. gonna be like, oh yeah, it's the right. Going match. in, you're gonna go, oh it's Riddle, and then you're gonna, we're gonna leave SummerSlam and go, that was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're gonna tell a great story. But this match in particular, yeah, I don't see the reason for the Street Profits to win here. In fact, I honestly would not mind them after this splitting. Because sure. I'm I'm all on the Montez Ford train. I think that dude's got mm-hmm. world champion written all over him. Yeah. I mean, all over him. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah. Um, um, I'm interested to see the, the dynamic where... J- I know Jared got brought in, A, because he just got signed. B, from Nashville, hometown guy, makes a lot of sense. I'm interested to see what factor he plays in at all mm-hmm. with the situation. You know, he's wrestling the next night, Rick Floyd's last match, which we'll talk about here in a second as well. Um lot of like random pieces here so mm-hmm. i'm trying to figure out how they all fit together yeah i don't know i just yeah. think at the end of the day usos come out and it'll be a bang of a match yeah. it's pretty sweet uh and then our main event we got going on here uh we've seen this one the fact that we don't have gunther and shinsuke for the ic title on the show is a little irritating to me yes like I would, I would when i say it. a little i mean a lot yeah the i mean and they might edit on friday maybe, or something but i don't, I don't think know. they will because they already got eight uh, on here yeah, um but 
Uh, I feel like so since we've started this podcast, I feel like we've talked about this match more oh, than yeah. any other match ever, yeah. mm-hmm. which is kind of insane. Yeah. Um, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, we know the drill. <laughs> we've already talked like four main events of pay per views with this match, oh, and like God. seventeen storylines with this match yeah. in the last like four years. So we've been we doing haven't this. had Last Man Standing yet, though. So yes, we, we haven't had Last Man Standing. So here we are. We're doing Last Man Standing. Yeah. Um, who will be the Last Man Standing? Obviously, it's gonna be Roman Reigns. So uh, it should be Roman. I just uh, I don't see I okay. So we're both in agreement. Do you think it's gonna be Roman here? Yes. Okay. So with Roman winning, here's what I want to see happen because of yeah. this. They need to do two things, in my opinion. Two things. First thing is, they need to spin off and cause Brock to lose outside of just Roman. Like, they need someone other than the Usos to help Roman win this match, mm-hmm. and that needs to spin off into Brock feuding with him. Mm-hmm. That allows you two things. It allows you, A, to let Roman continue to be champion mm-hmm. and, and get to the moment we're all kind of anticipating is Cody, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of the end goal. for Or Rock, maybe, but at this point, that seems less and less likely. Um, so getting to another big moment at Mania with Roman, right? And then two, it allows you to keep Brock enthralled in something where he doesn't have to be in the title picture, mm-hmm. but he's feuding with somebody else and elevating that person. I don't care what guy it is. I don't. I really mm-hmm. don't, right? Put Theory out there. Put whoever. But putting them in the ring with Brock, it allows them to be like, oh, man, Brock is going up against this dude. Mm-hmm. This dude's going to get destroyed. I want to see that. Or, oh, snap, this guy's stepping up to Brock. Let's see what happens, right? Whatever the slant you want to take on it is, it allows that person now to be like, all right, you're stepping in with Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series. That's a big freaking deal, right? Mm-hmm. Or you're step, you know what I mean? Having a – Brock hasn't been in any feud that hasn't been for the title in, since Ambrose, and that match was terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to see them spin Brock off a little bit, use him as the star without having to take the title with him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. Second thing is – they need to. We need to figure out what the hell's going on with this Money in the Bank thing. I don't know if they get there. I have an image of my head, and tell me how you feel about this, of Theory coming out, trying to get involved at the very tail end of this last man standing where like, they're both dead. We're like, okay, they both just have this massive spot. They go through eight tables, whatever. Theory comes in, tries to cash in, and now it's like, what do we do mm-hmm. type deal? And he blows it. Mm-hmm. I can see that happening. Right, I can see theory getting in the way of Brock, and that causes Brock to like something of that effect. I don't know how this all works. I'm trying to figure out the money in the bank piece. So, what what are your thoughts on that? Because that's the part that I think is even more intriguing. Is it's not the right? I don't feel like it's the right guy mm-hmm. to be holding this. Nor do I think it's the right time for theory to be the guy. And if they blow Roman's title reign over this, I'm gonna be beyond fuming mm. yeah so i don't know and i'm scared i am scared shitless yeah my my idea is that uh brock's gonna like f5 reigns through a table okay and then he's gonna be standing around hanging out and then theory's gonna come run out okay and be like oh let's go cash in cash in Lazar's gonna be like screw you yeah. you're not cash in say right. grab theory kills theory right. just destroys theory and then roman gets up, gets up spears brock. him through like the barricade or yeah. something right. and kills then brock. and then kills brock and then he wins okay yeah, and then and then yeah. it sets up both of your things where right. you get no cash in and then 
you spin off Theory yeah. and, and, and Brock or yeah, whatever, whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to do with Brock, right? Like, I'm totally fine with Brock yeah. being on the card. He's a valuable part of the puzzle, right? I just don't need to see him with the title anymore. Yeah, I, yeah. It's, I have one or two. It's either that scenario yeah. or, like you said, like Reigns and Lesnar go through like 35 tables. They both literally will never get back up. And then Theory just walks out, cashes in, stands up, wins the title, and leaves. It's one of the two. The worst possible scenario, but that's a WWE scenario that God would happen. Bless it, it's so frustrating. I really, really, you can't. I very much subscribe to the theory of if you want him to be a top guy, present him as a top guy. Mm-hmm. I absolutely rep. I I believe in that philosophy a hundred percent. However, this is not the time. You mm-hmm. have too much equity. You're not going to have Hulk Hogan just lose the lose, mm-hmm. right? Same thing here with Roman can't do it you just can't do it. it i would be much happier roman just beats him and then we just don't have anything at all mm-hmm. fine whatever mm-hmm. cool something it's scaring the crap out of me that they're gonna have theory win both these titles because the problem is that he's just gonna lose them again quickly yeah and that doesn't help anybody either that's why they need to split the damn titles again too yeah. because if he did this for the universal title cool whatever mm-hmm. right beats drew cool all good yeah not not now. You've done so much good work here. Yeah. Don't ruin it by having that swerve at the end because it's not a swerve if we're talking about it a week out. Yes. It's not a thing. Yeah. Scary me. Scary yeah, me. It's, scary it's me. Rough. Scary. Any chance Brock wins on Sunday or Saturday? No. No. no? Literally no. zero. Okay. Just wanted to get this. It's it's close to zero, as I've ever seen a wrestling match hit. Really. In my mind. Really. Okay. And if I'm wrong, I might not show up. This is stupid. <laughs> I look at you because I just this is your fault. <laughs> yeah, I just I just won't watch. It would yeah, just be that's dumb. fine. All right, let's shift focus here a little bit here. Um, let, I do want let's preview real fast. We don't need to go through the card. I do want to talk real quick on Ric Flair's last match. So that's going to be next Sunday. Um, by the time you guys are hearing this, um, but I am I am enthralled a little bit with it. They talked me into the building, so the match itself is going to be uh, Ric Flair and Andrade. Um, his son-in-law, right, married to Charlotte, against Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. Yes, the same Jeff Jarrett is going to be the special guest referee at SummerSlam. So a tag team match. They did a video um, kind of doing a build. If, I, if you haven't watched it, I highly recommend you do. It's about 20 minutes long. I think they did a really good job considering you don't have, like, a ton of funds and stuff to be doing this with. So I thought they did a really, really nice job of interweaving some shots at at – individual people through the actual presser and all this other stuff like it really lends some credence to what they're doing here did you did you have a chance to watch it yet mike the, the, okay, I, I, I highly recommend you do um give me your thoughts though just quickly rick flair is 73 years old mm-hmm. give me your thoughts on the 73 year old rick flair going out there one last time walking that aisle yeah walking that aisle I I have like no opinion, no. Rob. I have no, like you don't nothing. Care? I have nothing. nothing. No, you don't, you don't think like it's good, bad, and different. I mean, it it'll probably be bad. Oh, it's not gonna be good. No, <laughs> it's not gonna be good. No, no, no. Like, but, but like, I have no like. I'm gonna give Rick some credit here. I think it's gonna be better than any other seventy year old's gonna be able to do. I sure. He's training his ass off. Yeah. Right. He is. It isn't a tag. Yeah. Right. So he's gonna be. Protected. I did. I did watch him tie his boots and then run out of breath. So yeah. Will he, will uh, he make listen, it down? I saw him take the big dive off the top. Yeah, you know he did the throw. He, and he did the, else. Yeah, and his pacemaker breaks out for a second, but it's fine. Um, I am intrigued. I okay. am. I mean, they've got him in with three guys that could take care of him. You know, Jeff, Ultimate Pro, Jay Lethal. I mean, there's mm-hmm. nobody really technically better. Um, and then Andrade, obviously, in there to take most of the match. Right? It's going to be Jay Lethal versus Andrade. Yeah, eighty percent of this, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. Um, sure. Give me your thoughts, though, a little bit on, like, do you think this is the right move? Like, do you think you should have just left it at 24 and just been like, all right, you're done? Because you can't really have a better send-off than that. Um, you know, do you respect the decision? Because a lot of people are like, dude, he's 73. Like, come on. But at the same time, he's like, listen, I got to do this type deal. Yeah. You know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, blah. I mean, I was a big fan of just being done at 24. Yeah. Um, but I was also a big fan of Sean being done at 26, and here we are now with him having a match 10 years later when he was in that tag Off match tag in Saudi match. Arabia. Um, Missed it by this much. Hilarious. <laughs> Hilarious when he did that. It was great. Um, Kane's mask fell off. Yeah, it was, it was a tough time. It was a really tough time. Um, but yeah, I'm, a, I'm just a big fan of like when like older guys are like, all right, I'm done. And I'm Actually, done. just be, be done. Yeah. And so like if you hit over the age of like 55 and you say you're done – I'd appreciate yeah. sometimes if you're just done. Yeah. Like I, I kind of, I almost feel like that in a sense in sports. Yeah. Where like once you get like forty. Yeah. Like when like Brady was like done, I was like, I'm cool with you being like, yeah. you're still good. It sucks, but it's like, but like I, I get it. I'm yeah. cool with you being done. And I guess Brady's not like the perfect example because Brady's like looks like he's 25 still. Brett so Favre's it's kind of better. Cool. Brett yeah, Brett Favre's a really good like, one though. Done. Like, like, like he hit 41 or whatever he was. He was on the Vikings that last year. I was like. I I'm good. I don't need yeah. much of you anymore, right, exactly. to be honest. Don't come back, and then he got hurt. It's like, see, now you're now your whole thing. Now you're ruined. 41 yeah. and hurt, and yeah. now it's just bad. Right. Like it's kind of how I feel with Flair. Like if Flair like hurts himself in this match, it's like you're 73. You're if you hurt your back or something, like you're never gonna walk again. He already has. Yeah. yeah. Like so, like I'm like I'm kind of just yeah. like I'm gonna watch just because I'm 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 in I'm in the actual card. I, I'm we're not gonna go through here now, but like there's a lot of really good talent on this card. Like yeah. you got Josh Alexander versus. Uh, uh, Fatu mm-hmm. from uh, MLW. That match itself worth the price. That's yeah. going to be a banger. Mm-hmm. Um, so lots of great talent on this show. Yeah. I just think they've done a really good job, and I just wanted to briefly mention it because you know, in some in some cases, right, it is one of those situations, especially with wrestling, right, because it is one of those things where you get to feel like you know these people, right? You feel like you know the characters. You you, you fall in love with with who they are and their presentations and everything. I do think it is it is cool for him to go out there one more time. I do think it's unsafe, quite frankly. But at the same time, I, I think they've done the best they can to insulate him, and he's yeah. medically okay, I guess. Um, I do think it's important, I think, at times, especially for people like that, it is hard for athletes to leave that spotlight, mm-hmm. right? Being known as the greatest ever in a lot of people's minds, having that opportunity to go out one more time and just kind of everyone just being like, all right, this is really it. Really, mm-hmm. like you literally can't do it anymore. Yeah. And for him to do it with no strings, no financial obligations, like this is why he's got to do it. Like he yeah. did in TNA. And to have him in the ring with four, with three other guys that he feels like he trusts to do, mm-hmm. you know, make him look good and do all that stuff. I think it's important mm-hmm. at the end of the day. So I expect him to win with a figure four on Jeff Jarrett in the middle of the ring. He's never won a match ever with the figure four, basically, because he's never, ever won it. But it's fine. Um, but I expect that to be the finish. I expect it to be okay at best. Yeah. You know, I think when Jay and Andrade are going, it'll be great. And then when Ric Flair gets in there, you're like, okay, here we go. You know, like, it's going to be it is what it is. Lots of, hold, lots, lots of rest holds. But mm-hmm. he's going to go out there, and he's going to try his damnedest. So, you know, hats off to him. Yep. Um, real fast, I do want to get to this. This is something we didn't plan on talking about, but I do want to ask you. Thoughts on this whole barbed wire match dealy thing that happened in this past week in AEW? I, 
I heard it was a cluster. Oh god, it was terrible. It was so the finish was brutal. Mm-hmm. It was brutal. Why do we feel the need to put Chris Jericho in all these death matches all of a sudden? The dude's like fifty three. Yeah. Like what the hell? Yeah, I, I feel like for one, Tony with all his energy goes, Who wants to do the death yeah, match? Yeah, exactly. And then everyone's like Hard passenger, and he's like Jericho, and Jericho's like, I guess I'm the goat. I guess, like, yeah. I, it just, I, I, like, it's really how I think. Like, they sit down in a big meeting, and then Tony Khan comes in with like his seventeenth coffee, yeah, and he just goes, "Who wants me in a death match this yeah. week?" And yeah. everyone literally is just like, Jericho. "Don't be in this meeting." Oh yeah, that's, <laughs> that's not this. And then Jericho's like, "I guess." Yeah, like it's really how I think it goes because like I, no one wants to do it. I just don't. It was not good. Their match, they're, in, they're just a regular singles match, was way better. Mm-hmm. The timing, brutal. Yeah. In this match. Brutal. I, I watched part. Jericho's ass kicked, yeah. too. Like, he, I, I'm not going to question the toughness. Yeah. Th- that sucked. Mm-hmm. But I didn't see, like, it just didn't do anything. It yeah. didn't help anybody. Jericho got the win, mm-hmm. also, which I was like, okay, so they had the 1-1 one, one thing. Mm-hmm. And then he gets thrown through, like it very felt much like let me hit you with a really bad Judas effect, awkward pin, gets right back up mm-hmm. and throws him into this thing, this barbed wire bed thing. Mm-hmm. I just I thought bad. There, I thought there were two really funny things that happened oh, in this God. match was the whole camera where you see Jericho cutting himself the entire time and they never cut away once. Oh no. Oh no, not that. Jesus. No they got the wide shot, Jericho's over here. I'm like, and then you can see him holding it in his hand at one yeah. point. I'm like, oh my god, this is so bad. But sorry, no, continue. no. My, the first one was uh, Ju- what was his name Justin Roberts yeah. having the barbed mic. Hilarious, hilarious. Yeah, died a little bit. And then, that. and then, um, what's her face not being able to uh, oh unlock god, the cage? Anything, so they just went slid through the cage. Yeah, and, bare- I was like, and the best part was they held on it for such a long time, yes. and you could just see the struggle. And, and then, then she the- went handed it to the key to the like, you do it. Yeah, and then like, oh, we can't get it either. Yeah. So like it, the best part though was like the two skinny guys, like Daniel Garcia yeah, and the other guy, yeah. just snuck through, and you could see what's it? Matt Menard was yeah. just like, yeah, I can't Daniel get through. Like, I can't get through this thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, this is just funny. And then the big heel turn of Anna J, and I go, this is not a major heel turn. Mm. Nobody cares. Nor did it need to be. Why? Mm-hmm. You you've got Jer- Chris Jericho in the ring. That's what I want to see. I don't give a shit about Ty Conti. Why? I just ah, frustrating. Very very frustrating. And I just don't. I don't. I don't agree. It was bad. It was not good. No. Very very not good. Ended like a you know it was a fart. In, it was a fart in church. You know, you know I'd be able to acknowledge it. It's really what it was. It's like ugh. And, and it shouldn't have been. It shouldn't have been like that. It's the same thing with that exploding death match that they tried a couple years ago. Yeah. Terrible. Terrible. Yeah. All right. Let's shift focus. Ring of Honor. Death for dishonor. Yeah. What was it? A- Six match card, seven match card, seven, something like that. Seven, seven match, match card. card. Yeah. All right, some really good highs in this ma- in this card. Some really, I, w- I don't want to say really lows. That's not fair. Mm-hmm. But some meh mm-hmm. happening here too. Very much felt like peaks and valleys in this show. Yeah. All right. So I watched half of the show, yeah. and I watched the good parts of the show. Yeah, I watched the rest of it. 
sweet. <laughs> Mike's like, this is a great show. Yeah, I, was like, I, was like, I was like, I watched four good matches. I was yeah. like, this is an awesome yeah, show. And you were right. like, well, what about yeah. the other three? I was like, yeah, I didn't watch those. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't want to. All right. Oh, so we opened the show yeah. with the Ring of Honor World Title match, which I thought was perfect because yeah, I was I like, did. I was like, you're going to end with the tag match. Yeah. You're not going to come in the World Title. Uh, we might as well just open it. No, it's spread it out. Yeah, spread it out a little yes. bit. Uh, we got John the Gresham, the champion, going in, taking on Claudio Castanoli. That's what I call him. Cesaro. It's Cesaro. Fine. It's cool. And Claudio comes out with a title in 11 minutes. Just First banger. Off, su- thought the match was great. Thought it ended abruptly. Loved the powerbomb. I thought, damn, mm-hmm. that was good. And then he beat him. I was like, what yeah. the? Like, just oh. knocked my man like, out for oh, a little bit. He just won. I was like, all right, cool. Love love the fact that they you know, they did the business the right way. Um, super happy Claudio got the win. Very interested to see where they go mm-hmm. after this with him as Ring of Honor champion now. Super happy. Yep. Could not have been better. Yeah, Claudio's awesome. Yes. Um, next up, uh, we talked about how we were like, huh, I wonder if they're going to keep those six-man titles. Yep. They're going to keep are. those six-man titles. Yeah, apparently. So we had um, righteous. the Righteous, Batesman, Dutch, and Vincent, who were the yeah. champions going in, talk, taking on Dalton Castle and the boys, yeah. Brandon and Brett, who I thought it was just awesome because they're just called the boys. Mm-hmm. I've always loved that. They're, well, they're known as like, the Tate twins when they're not with Dalton. Yeah, so, but yeah. I just find it funny. It's just like there's just these two other guys with yeah. Dalton Castle. It just yeah. makes Dalton Castle look so cool when he's like, yeah. I'm winning with these two boys. Yeah. You don't, you don't so get funny. names. Yeah, you'll yeah. get names. Um, but Don Castle and the boys win the title. Not they're, a shock they're like a three-time Ring of Honor. Yeah, they're, they're not a shock just because Vincent's wrestling for Impact. Yeah, he's like he's wrestling actively with Impact. So like, yeah. there's no way that they're gonna, you know what I mean? So this yeah. is this only really felt like an inevitable mm-hmm. type deal. Um, totally cool of it. Whatever. I don't really think they need six-man tags, quite frankly. But no, that's just me. But yeah, you got four people on your roster right now. Just saying. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> two of them with Briscoes. Next up, you got the pure title match. Yeah. We had Wheeler, Utah, defending his title against Daniel Garcia. Mm-hmm. Match went about 16 minutes, and Wheeler, Utah takes the win here. Surprised that Wheeler, Utah got the win. However, I, I thought this match was good, not great. Didn't mm-hmm. think they did. Didn't think they was like, holy crap. Loved the finish. Mm-hmm. Loved the finish. Did you watch this match or no? You I didn't. Okay, so the finish was simple, right? Finish is... Garcia's got Wheeler, Utah down, right? He's got his whole design. He's going to do like the Brian like stomp thing, right? Mm-hmm. And Wheeler Yuta spits at Garcia, okay? Garcia, like, looks up. He's like, oh, okay, cool. Now I'm going to kill you. Misses the stomp. We get a really creative roll-up, and Wheeler gets the win. Thought it was so simple, mm-hmm. yet so smart to be like, hey, just I got you out of your mental zone for just a second, right? I threw you off. I made you so angry that you got you got sloppy, and I capitalized on it, right? And I outthought you, mm-hmm. you know? Thought it was a great way to kind of put over this whole Blackpool Combat Club, like, we're tough, but we're scientific at the same time, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Thought it was a really simple, easy finish. Made both guys look good. Understood. Garcia didn't really want to be the pure champion. He just wanted to beat Wheeler up. Wheeler's like, I got to be the champ. I can't use these rope breaks because Wheeler's going to be mad at me. All this other stuff going on with it. Thought it was a really great finish. Yeah. Match itself was okay. Finish, really enjoyed. Yep. Next up, the only non-title match on this show. Yeah. Uh, we had Roosh and Dragon Lee with Roosh getting the win over Dragon Lee. This match was a barn burner. Yes, banger. it was. Yeah, Dragon Lee got his ass kicked. Dragon, Dragon Lee Lee's like, like, hey, we're going to pay you, you know, three grand to go out there and have Rush kick your ass. Yeah. He's like, cool, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, Roosh wins, yeah. destroys him. But it was pretty awesome because Roosh is awesome. Yeah, and now he's going to be facing uh, Moxley. At uh, Fight for the Fallen mm-hmm. for the interim AEW title. So that Which would be a good would one. Be That'd awesome. be a good one. So, yeah. That's a lot of fun. Uh, next up, we had the Ring of Honor women's title match. Mercedes Martinez and Serena Deeb. It's been long. Yeah, it's been 17 minutes. It's actually the 
second longest match on this show. Yeah. The funny thing about Serena Deeb is, in a way, she gives me off like the Zack Sabre Jr. Jr. uh, vibe in the way that like... She's never gonna have like an awful match. Yeah, but she's never. But she's never gonna have like a five star classic. Yeah, all her really solid. Yeah, all her matches are like three stars. Yeah, yeah, they're good, not great. Yeah, this match felt like. And that's the same thing. It's just like it's just a good match, but it's fine. Yeah, it was fine. Like Mercedes Martinez was against like Britt Baker. You're like, oh, this is an awesome match. But like, because Serena Deeb's just like good. It's just like a solid match, but it's nothing special. Yeah, she's the Natalia for them. Yeah, the yeah. guy is very solid, right? Every once in a while, she gets a win, and gets a good title win. You're like, oh, good for her! Like, mm-hmm. good for her. She's earned that, right? Yeah. She, she deserves a three month run, and then we're done with it. But yeah. I was kind of surprised Serena didn't win this, quite frankly. Yeah, but honestly, I didn't care either way. Yeah, yeah. On next co-main event time, we had the Ring of Honor World Television Title match. We had Smojo defeating Jay Lethal in 12 minutes and 20 seconds. Yeah, I not impressed mm-hmm. at all with this match this is the biggest letdown for me by far i had a lot of expectations going in um i don't like when the heels do every trick in the book and hit all the tricks too it's not like so like lethal at one point hit him with a steel chair into a ring post on his injured shoulder the big dude that they have with him crushed joe at one point and jay lethal hit him with the belt mm-hmm. and hit him with the lethal injection and joe still walked out the winner I go, you gave him, you hit him with everything, literally actively hit him. Didn't attempt to hit him with the belt, got countered. No, no, no. Hit him with the title. Hit your finish. Did all this other shenanigans. He hasn't wrestled since he lost last time to Cole in 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. And now he's going to beat Jay Lethal clean. I, it just, what does that do for Jay Lethal? What does that do for that whole little group of guys now? Doesn't do anything. Joe is not long for this world. Mm-hmm. Didn't understand it. Did not agree with the booking at all here. Not because I'm a Jay Lethal guy. I like Samoa Joe even. I just, it did not feel like, like, is Samoa Joe really going to be wrestling Ring of Honor? Done? Mm-hmm. Let's be real here. Nah, who knows? You know what I mean? I just, I don't know. That just didn't make a lot of sense to me. Thought Jay should have taken it here. Joe's banged up clearly. He can't, he's wrestled twice on two pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. He hasn't even been on TV. It's not, you know, meh. Meh. Yeah. Biggest disappointment for me by far was this match. Okay. And then the main event match, which everyone oh, is God. just talking about. 45 minutes. 45 minutes. Of nonstop. Yep. Just go. Yep. FTR, Briscoes. Yep. So basically the story of this match is uh, Briscoes are like super Ring of Honor, except breaking every Ring of Honor code <laughs> ever in this match, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, Mark Briscoe. Pins Dex Harwood after a very scary doomsday device yeah, where I thought my man, yeah, my man died. Actually, he died both times, but yeah. they only talked about the first one. But the well, second the one, he took a hard. Before that, he got hurt. Remember, yeah. he took a suplex and he landed weird, and they're like, "Uh oh." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh come on, yeah. dude, we're like six minutes in." Yeah. And I was like, "Cool." I know they had the. I, I I don't I feel like that had to be a planned spot too, where like the yeah. doctor because the doctor really like well, sat and there. checked on him for like twenty minutes. I was like. Is he like actually good? Like yeah. it was like to, it was long enough to the point where you had to ask yourself if he's actually right. okay or yeah. not. Well, especially with the neck, you're like, Ooh, yeah, so like scary. he was doing the weird like spine yep. thing, and mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, I think he's fine. Yeah, I didn't like that. Um, so the second fall, Dax Harwood beat Dre Briscoe with their uh, the big rig, the big rig. That the, the coolest move ever, and it's the coolest name for a move ever. Also, yeah. mm-hmm. um, hits him with that, and then the third fall was just balls to the walls for a good like. 12 15 minutes i think was the third oh, fall God. and it ends with cash 
taking Mark from the top rope, doing a weird suplex, back suplex thing through the table outside. And that table was so far away. Dude, what like, a bump. Yeah. Oh. Like, he took that table. Like, the table was a good, like, 10 feet. It looked, like, away from the ring. And my man was like, okay, you're going to have to jump high for this bad boy. Yeah. And they just he jumped. And he almost didn't make it. Like, I think, like, yeah. his neck hit the table, which broke. But, like, he barely made the table. I was like, you're not going to move that table a little bit more in? No, nah, we're going to do that. And then... As they go through the table, the camera just quickly like, all right, we got another thing yeah. going on here. Yeah. And then Dex has Jay Hard. Well, Jay. no, Jay hit the Jay Driller. Yeah, Jay and hits the like, Jay Driller. I was like, oh crap, that's it. Which is by far the closest three count. Yes. Ever. Yes. Because I was like, no one kicks out. Like no one kicks out of that. Yeah. He, he, no one kicked, for like three years. Nobody kicked out of it. And I was like, yeah. so, like Dex is, de- or I mean, Cash is dead. Yeah. Mark's dead. So I'm like. This is it right here. Whatever yeah. happens here. Um, but yeah, so he oh. hits the J. Well, right before that, I guess they hit the the oil rig yes. thing, yes. and he, and then Jay kicks out of that, yes. which everyone was like, yeah, which, because it was the delay. Yeah. yeah. The funny thing was, is no one reacted, and then the commentators was he was like, marvelous. no one's ever kicked out of that move. It was like someone just kicked out of the one wing angel, but no one reacted, yeah. and everyone was like, I was like, yeah, but it like took 15 seconds for the ref to get over there. I go, let's calm it down. Yeah, it wasn't like crazy. There's a reason why he kicked out here. Like, yeah, yeah. but so. Uh, I would give one, the biggest credit I give outside of the wrestling was the camera work on the pinfalls because mm-hmm. they pinned everything from like the butt of the pinned wrestler, yeah, which right. is where I love it because it's like I don't see the shoulders, I don't see them looking and trying to figure out what the count is. It's like so you don't have no idea if they're right, about to kick out or not. Yeah, like when he exactly. hit that J driller, yeah, and the the, the like, camera the camera work from the pin, I was like I can't tell if he's gonna kick out yet. Yeah. So it's just if he kicks out at three or nine, right. so like yeah, where it's gonna exactly. happen. Um, but this match ends with Dex. On the second rope, pile driver. A weird, like the pile driver. Not like, yeah, the pile, I guess the actual Loki pile driver, not like yeah. the tombstone version of it. No, nope, yeah. But like an actual pile driver just lands him right on his head. Just yep. like, and it doesn't flip even care. Over. The coolest part was he flips over and like Jay's on his back. Dax is on his like face yep, and belly, yep. but like he's, his legs are covering him. And like, then, you get, somebody like... asked me that, so I watched I watched a show with somebody, uh, my girlfriend's sister, mm-hmm. and she's never watched a full show before, right? Yeah. So they, when he flipped over and they counted, she goes, "I'm very confused." I go, "Dax's shoulders aren't on the floor. Yeah. All you need is a body part touching your opponent yeah. to get a pin." I go, "That's the point. Is they just rolled over? They're dead. Yeah. They're spent. Yes. It's it. You know what I mean? It just happens to be where they're at." Mm-hmm. Thought it was just. Yeah, because the the craziest part about that is you could have easily have had like J, like you could yeah, have had Jay the pile driver, but he lands on top and they're both just died, yep, exactly. and then like he pins him. So like either way, it would have been awesome. Yeah. But uh, Dex wins the second fall, and it's crazy to look at this as Dex takes the first pin yep. after his like promo yep. with his daughter or whatever. Yep. He takes the first pin and then gets the next two pins. Yeah. To actually win the match, yeah. which I think is very important to like know yeah. also. This match was, like I said, four, I think it went like 43 minutes in total. Yeah, 43-26 yeah. is what time And there was not a moment where, like, nothing was happening. Mm-hmm. Outside the first, like, 30 seconds where I was like, this is going to be awesome. Yeah. Like, this match was nonstop. Not nonstop as everyone's running the ropes going crazy, but they mm-hmm. were always doing something. Yeah. There was not a three-minute headlock. There was not a... It just yeah. It this built was and built. Yeah, and this built was this was a slow burn like hard hitting match. Yes, where like if if you get FTR Young Bucks three at one yes. point, that's gonna be the flippy dippy, high spots, craziness for thirty minutes. But this one's a hard hitting like forty minutes. Yeah. So it's this one felt like a like a New Japan match, to its core. Like you're just slapping and killing each other, right. and then one team just comes out on top at the end after they're both dead. 
Yeah. So it was awesome. Um, I thought this match was just I, like I people like I said I watched this with some people who's never watched a full mm-hmm. show before, and they went that match was way better than everything else. Mm-hmm. Like even somebody who's never watched a wrestling show through and through, they got to see everything. Right? They got to mm-hmm. see world title match, got to see everything in between, and they go. Some of those other matches were really good, but that was different. Mm-hmm. And you felt it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the level that FTR is operating at right mm-hmm. now. Everything they do, everything they touch, beautiful. Yeah. Just beautiful. Yeah. And I think I think the the real debate comes in is if people like the first or the second yeah. one more. Yeah. Um I, I think it's I think they're very close. Right. I, I tend my my only problem with two out of three falls is Especially with this specific one, is yeah. I thought whoever won the first fall yeah. was not gonna win the match. Yeah. So like when the Briscoes won the first one, I'm like, so FTR's like definitely gonna win because yeah. there's no way like you're 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 gonna yeah. you're gonna beat them again. You know what I mean? Like you got that cheap one early, and I was like, all right, now now you're gonna lose the next. I, week I, kind of I thing. can appreciate the fact that they went 20 minutes before they got the first one though. Yeah. I thought that helped. Yes. Because it was like, all right, they're both kind of we're getting into it. I was glad we never saw a quick fall. Like, yeah. I'll roll up. Yeah. Like, fin- hit a finish, hit a finish. Then we kicked out of our respective finishers as a team, mm-hmm. right? So it made both teams look good. And then we got to hit something so crazy to end it where it's like, it's kind of just like we just happen to fall into the wind yeah. rather than we we finally hit another big rig and got it. Yeah. I still prefer the Strata Machine as the name, but that's fine. Yeah. Um, but I thought this was just, yeah, this is great. Yeah, like I, I watched this, I love the match. And then I went, if, if they do FTR Young Bucks at one point, I think I would prefer like an Iron Man format. Yes. Than yes, a two out of three would. falls. Yes. yes. And even if you had one one and a second fall was the winner of the Iron Man, mm-hmm. I just yeah. think instead because then you're like, oh, they have time. Yeah. Oh, they have time. It's like yes. it's like you have set like a sixty minute time limit or whatever you want to do with it or whatever, or thirty minute time limit whatever. But I just think that like the idea of like you could have like multiple like you could have a lot of quick falls mm-hmm. and it doesn't ruin anything the two out of three falls is if it's not like a big fall like you said if it's a roll-up you kind of feel like it's like a cheap fall yeah right or like an iron yeah. man you could you well, could the the match could go you, six to five you, so you, you can get, tell a story too with an iron man bucks go up three one now yeah. down two it's like oh man we only got only got 32 minutes left like how are they gonna be able to beat the young bucks yeah. Who one of the best you have to beat them ever. three times yeah, in gotta, 30 yeah, minutes exactly. now. Exactly. It's like, like, man, they've already beat you three times in like 15 or whatever. Yeah, like there's, yeah. there's a story within the story mm-hmm. in the match, right? Yeah. So definitely for sure. I thought they did everything they could. Um, like I said, both teams hit a finish and get the pin, mm-hmm. right? The first time. Second time, it's like, hey, we got to go balls out for the third fall. There's really nothing you can say. Just mm-hmm. we knew it was going to be good, and I thought I thought it was so good because, like I said, it, you walked in, and you go, you look back, and you go, they didn't stop. Mm-hmm. They did not stop mm-hmm. the entire time. Yeah, and that was what really I think sold it for me. Great job all the way through. Right team won. Yes, on that by the way, um, might as well give them the AEW tag titles and be done with it. Just me personally. That's just saying. That's what I wanted. Just saying. All out, give it to yeah. them, but. <laughs> Who knows what they're going to do here? Billy Dalian. <laughs> Idiots. It's fine. All right. Let's talk here. Yeah. AFC East. East. Sure. Do you know the teams in the AFC East, Rob? Oh, God. It's New England, Miami, Buffalo. Uh, what's the other team that loses New England Jets. every year? Oh, it's the Jets. Yeah, that's true. I always forget the Jets. Don't blame me for blaming forgetting the Jets. Everybody forgets. I the Jets. blame you for forgetting the Jets. Listen, all I know is that it's it's like the one like the, the one division where it's like, okay, New England's winning, Brady left. Okay, I guess Buffalo's winning. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's very much. You know yeah. I mean? Like, come on. <laughs> the one year Miami won because Brady got blew his knee out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the Jets won that 
one time too. Yeah. They're, oh yeah, with that awesome defense where Rebus was really good. Yeah. Mark Sanchez. The Sanchez. All right. So, our if you've listened to the last five weeks, you know exactly what we're doing here. Yeah. So exactly. we're having fun. Yeah. Imagine people thinking Mark Sanchez was a better quarterback than Matthew Stafford. I'm just going to go back to that for a second because you're all stupid. Also, Nick Wright on the Matthew Stafford train now all of a sudden, by the way. You notice that? Because he won Super Bowl. We like accomplished quarterbacks here, Rob. Except for in Madden, apparently. Yeah. It's fine. All right. Quarterbacks here. Still chat. Um, my, I, I, we'll yeah. go back to my preconceived notions. I have one team that is far and away the best team and one team that's far away the worst team. And then there's two middle teams fighting. It could change, but that's how I go into it. We're not going to say who, but I think we can infer who. You're not gonna say who? I'm not gonna say who. Okay, yeah. fine. Bills are definitely the best team. <laughs> I love you're like, all right, you talk me into it. Ten seconds. J- J- Jets are by far the worst team. Yeah. And I think Miami and the Patriots. I think we'll have some strong. Oh yeah, from through. a team perspective. I thought you were talking about quarterbacks no, in particular. No. I was like, I was like, wait, what? We're not gonna talk about quarterbacks? I was confused. No, no. Yeah, as no, as, yeah, a, as, teams, a, as yes, a, when we when we at the very end when we talk yeah, about yeah, teams, yeah. that's how I expect yes. the list to go. Yes. Now, obviously, when we break down each division yep, maybe sure. maybe it changes but that's how i imagine it going yep anyway yeah, all right so quarterback specifically here so we got oh, this part was even a little bit yeah this part's a little pretty drastic but uh okay. so bills obviously have josh allen yeah patriots have mac jones yep miami has tua tunga vialoa yep uh and the jets have zach wilson yep. so i think it's pretty easy there's no like I guess it might be this guy oh. these four are going to be the starters josh we, we, we be know the football, right? josh allen will be the best um, I don't even think it's close in this division. I, I think this is actually I think the, this and the Rodgers one. I think are the two. Mo- you're like, you're you're cut. the most and Brady in yeah, the Brady, three divisions. Uh, I'd say right now, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's like true. what you have, yeah. those are the three divisions yeah, yeah. that you have a clear. Yeah, okay, one. you're number one. Right. Everyone else is way below you because every other division, like either you have multiple good quarterbacks or you don't have like any. Top tier quarterback, so right. they're all kind of close. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So Josh Allen's clear number one. Um. I'm gonna give Mac the nod right now. I would give Mac the nod at two, just because he has yeah, he got to the playoffs and he showed that he can even like even though the Patriots are good still he can still manage it. Yeah. I think, um, I think it's gonna be two or three Zach four right now. I would say the same thing. I do think Zach has the potential, but I think Tua now has the offense tendered offensively to the point where this is Tua's last year. Yeah. If Tua does not play well, he's going to be a backup for the rest of his career. Yeah. There, there's no. There's no. Yeah. You got. You got. Jay, you got Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill. Yeah. Mike Isiki. Mike Isiki. Like what we're talking about. Yeah. You got weapons, so you got to make it work. Offensive-minded head coach, good offensive line. You've got people. Yeah. This is the time. Yes. All right. Running backs here. So. This will be an interesting one. Bills, we got Devin Singletary, James Cook, who got drafted this yep. past year, yep. Yep. and Zach Moss. Okay. We'll go three deep for all of these, I guess. Uh, running backs for the Miami Dolphins here, we have Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, and Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle's in Miami. And Miles Gaskin. We'll even go four because I know Miles Gaskin is. <laughs> uh, the Patriots have Damian Harris, uh, Ramondre Stevenson, and James White. And the Jets have um, Brees Hall, who they drafted from Iowa State. Yep. Um, Michael Carter and Tevin Coleman. And Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman. Okay. Um, so shockingly enough, I got the Jets at one. Ooh, that's yeah, that's tough. Um, I would no, I wasn't gonna say one. I think Buffalo might be last. 
Oh yeah, no, I agree with you. Okay, because yeah. I was like single, like I'll, they don't have, I'll, they don't have anybody who would be a starter on anybody else's team. Um, my one, I think, I like the Jets better personally. I think I like than Miami, and uh, New England's terrible. New England's third. Yeah, only I th- because I see. I like where he most started a lot. Yeah, I, I, and he's labeled as a second. Yeah, but I do think you. I think the reason come why I zone. give the Jets the nod is I think you've got three guys deep right now that are all like Brees Hall is definitely going to be your starter, but Michael Carter was their starter last year, and Tevin Coleman's a very yeah underrated depth piece. I mm-hmm. guess is the best way to put it. That's why I like them a little bit better. Is I thought I think Brees Hall is going to work really well for them this year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very explosive. Michael Carter I think does a lot of really good things. They're really excited about him last year. And like I said, Tevin Coleman being the veteran of the group, I just think it's the most complete where there's not like a, a, a necessarily a drop off. Yeah. Any guy. Yeah. I, I guess I would agree with you there. So yeah. I'd go Jets one. I, I really like where he most hurt. So yeah, that's I why I put him at I two. Well, well, Chase, up there too. With Chase Edmonds. I think yeah. they're both pretty I think good. They're pretty solid. I think you can make the argument Miami or New York. I just, I think, you know, you could say you like Miami. I like New York better. Yeah. You know? So mine's a little bit projecting on potential as well. Yeah. Like, like, like I, know, like I'm I know where he most starts really fast and good. Right. I know. Yeah. And like we're assuming Brees Hall's going to be really good. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to say Miami's one jets two, but they're close. Yes. Patriots are three because they have Damian Harris, yeah, who I think really is good. really good They're, for the rest of stuff. Is, I mean, James White's a good receiving back. The other guy I've never heard of before yeah. in my life. And then Bills, I just think are four because I like James. Like James Cook out of college is good. Good receiving but back. Devin Singletary's, yeah. I think okay, and the rest I don't like. Yeah. Um, average of average. That's pretty much what he is. Yep. Yeah. All right, we will hit the wide receiver room. I think this one should be kind of crazy. So. Uh, Bills, we have Stephon Diggs, obviously. Gabriel Davis, who just had the craziest year last year and had the greatest single Oof. playoff game for a receiver maybe <laughs> ever that no one's ever going to remember because yep. they lost. Yep. But he had 205 yards and four touchdowns. And um, Jameson Crowder is listed as their slot guy. Isaiah McKenzie is also there, who I think it might be better. But, yeah. you know, sure. to each their own. But you got those guys. All right, Miami Dolphins. We got Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill, Cedric Wilson. A lot of speed. Yeah. They they might be the the Madden gods out there, wide receiver. Yeah. The Patriots, Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar, if you want to name a fourth. Okay. New York Jets, Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, with Denzel Mims as a force. And Braxton Berrios, because I know who that is, too. Mm-hmm. So, how would you rank these? I think this one's very so. I think Miami's one. Yeah, you got Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, Jay Waddle's fast. Cedric Wilson's really good for the Cowboys. So they're one. I would put um, Buffalo at two just because of Stephon Diggs. I think he's just a difference maker. Yeah. Um, when we talk about like the number, well, who's the best receiver in the division? It's Stephon Diggs, but they don't have the greatest Tyreek or Tulsa. Yeah, they don't I have think, the greatest I, depth. I am so interested to see what Tyreek is going to look like in two years. Mm-hmm. Like if the wheels start to not be as fast, what does that look like? Yeah, because like he's not the best route runner. His hands are okay. Yeah, they're, they're fine. yeah, they're fine, right? Yeah. I would say they stand out above the rest. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what do you do if the speed isn't at mm-hmm. a gajillion? Yeah, what what makes you different, right? So I'm very interested to see that. The, my, that's what I'm saying. Miami's got a very short window. Jalen Waddle is very good, though. Mm-hmm. Like I think you could say Miami's got two and three. Yes, because at least. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, so, so Miami's, Miami's one, one Buffalo fun. two. Yeah, and New York, I think, is three. 
because yeah, I like New Garrett England, Wilson. Yeah, New England's England awful. Terrible wide receivers. Yes. Terrible. What's De- the list again? Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers with that's, Nelson Aguilar as a four. Terrible. They're, they're the... They were like what the Lions were when they had like Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones, where it was just like you're just slow. Yeah, like you have like a couple of you deep don't have guys, a quarterback but who can throw you open even. Like, yeah, you don't even have any of that. And yeah. it's just gonna be you're gonna run a lot of hitches and a lot of slants and just hope for the best of this game, which is gonna be gross. Oh God, they um, traded Keneal Harry for like a seventh, a, pick. a conditional seventh like next year. This is crazy. To me. Chicago's like we'll take a flyer on him. Yeah. All right, tight end room disaster. here. So we got uh, the Bills have Dawson Knox, OJ Howard, and Tommy Sweeney. I don't they know why OJ Howard now. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, Remember when he was coming out? I was like, this is the guy, the best prospect we've ever seen. <laughs> Talk about farting church. Miami Dolphins have Mike Jacecki. Yeah. Bam. All I got. Yeah. Um, going to win this one. Yeah. Uh, New England has got Hunter Henry, John o. Smith. Yeah. They're, yeah. 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 Okay. They won. That's fine. That's cool. <laughs> I'm like, we already know who won is. Yeah. Uh, and the Chets have CJ Uzma from the yeah, Bengals. Bengals, Tyler Conklin from the Minnesota Vikings, and Jeremy Ruckert, oh, sure. which is a little better than I thought it was going to yeah, be going okay. in. All right, All right so, so Patriots won by, like, a country mile. Well, I hope they, so. They make up for their wide receiver room being asked by uh, giving a good tight end room. Yeah. Um, I would give the edge to the Bills because I like uh, Dawson, Dawson Knox, Knox is really good. good. Yeah. And O.J. Howard is yeah. still good He's as a backup. He's an athletic guy. Yeah. yeah, so I would give Bills two. I would say I kind of still want to give Miami three because Mike Gesicki's a Mike, very see, good tight my, end. My thing is Mike Gesicki's – Better than C.J. Uzuma yeah. and Tyler Conklin, but do you like the two yeah. over just the one? Yeah, that's the I'll take Gizeki three and and yeah. Jets four. I'm going strictly starters. If they're going to run one tight end sets a good chunk of the time anyway, Mike Gizeki is probably going to be better than anything the Jets are going to get. Yes. So yeah. So Patriots, Bills, Dolphins, Jets there. So we're talking all this shit, and the OJ was going to like 13. He's going to be yeah, he's going to have yeah, Remember that? yeah. Remember that? Yeah. How did the Lions let him go? And everyone goes, Oh, I know exactly how we let him go. Just keep watching. Yeah, just keep going. All 13 right. touchdowns, 85 drops. All right. Offensive line projected starters here. Will we know how – now, let's play the under-over game. How many guys we're going to know on these teams? Seven. Seven. <laughs> All right. Bills. Left tackle to right tackle here. Yeah. Deion Dawkins. Sure. Roger Saffold. Know who that is. Mitch Morse. Know who that is. Ryan Bates. Nope. Spencer Brown. Nope. It's a five. Sure. Uh. Miami Dolphins. You got an offensive lineman playing quarterback. You're fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Miami Dolphins Miami here. Tensel. Taron Armstead. Oh, I forgot about Armstead. Armstead. Yep. Uh, Liam Eichenberg. Eichenberg. Yep. Eichenberg. Yeah. Yep. Sure. Yep. Uh, Connor Williams. Yep. Robert Hunt. Austin Jackson. Where's? Where's what's his name? Where's Tunsil at? Tunsil. Oh no, Lunsell's in uh, Houston, isn't yep. he? I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's That's not a good offensive line for them. Um. Patriots here. Yep. Got Trent Brown. Yep. Cole, Str- Cole Strange. Yep. David Andrews. Yep. Mike Anwanwu. Sure. Isaiah Wynn. Okay. It's actually Not pretty terrible. good. Actually. Um, Cole Strange is their first round pick. Yep. From uh Chattanooga. Sure. I'll never forget that. From, that is our, just from your backyard. All right. And then the Jets got George Fant, Lincoln Tomlinson, Connor McGovernor, yep. Eli- yep. Elijah Terra Tucker, Mikai Becton. These are all really good offensive lines, low key. Um, yeah, they're a lot better when I was like naming them now. That I was like, then I like projectively thought they were going oh, to be. Oh boy! So I'm gonna give Miami the edge at one. Okay. I'm gonna say number two is uh, the Patriots. Okay. 
Um, number three Jets. is the Jets, and I think four is Buffalo. This is the reason why they don't run the ball very well. Yeah, this that is, is why. why. This is why. Right? Um, I like the Patriots a slightly more. I would put Patriots at one. Okay. Miami two, Jets three, Bills okay. four. Um, I feel like yeah, Buffalo's offense line I don't think is very good, but he, like they make it work because Josh Allen's mobile and yeah, can yeah. kind of like make I plays think, out I of it. A better pass pro. I like. And yeah, and they're very pass pro. Yeah. I think the other three are very balanced, so like yeah. they can do both pretty well. You just have better talented athletic offense. like Teron Armstead's a monster Isaiah Wynn is an athletic freak right mm-hmm. like Austin Jackson they just drafted a couple years ago to play the other tackle spot from them right like you've got pieces you know where you go like these are first round talented guys like even the Jets the Jets have multiple first round picks on that line mm-hmm. right even Lincoln Tomlinson's a former first round pick from us so yeah. you've got pieces I just don't think they're at the level like Miami's got legit dudes yeah. pretty much at every spot right now yeah so if we were to rank the offenses here I think I think offensively, mm-hmm. if you take out quarterback being just exponentially better yeah. from the Bills, yeah. I would actually think that Miami's one in yes. terms of talent. I would agree with you. I actually would. They 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 are the most. They're not last in any particular one. Mm-hmm. And if in a lot of cases they're at least first or second. In yeah, and most of them except like running back, where I think they're third yeah. probably. Yeah. Um or fourth, but that's the only one that I think they no, have. I thought you like the running backs. I like the running backs, yeah. but I had them at, I had them yeah, you had, oh, you had them too. Okay, right, yeah, yeah. Most of those guys. Yeah. yeah, I only had the Jets above them. Okay, um, I would put uh, Buffalo at two because yes. I like the receiving room. Josh yeah. Allen makes a lot of people better, and their tight ends are good. Um, three is very interesting because I think from an offensive line and a like, like kind of how kind of how the lines are outside, like they're they're front they're they're inner seven yeah. from like quarterback, running back, offensive line, and even tight end. I like New England. But their receivers are just such a hindrance for me. Where the Jets, I think they're just like average all around the board. Right. So, like, it's kind of like a hit. It's a, I I would maybe say Patriots three offensively, but I like Jets running back. I I like more. I like the right right receivers better. Offense line's about the same. Yeah. Like, just not the good tight ends or quarterback. Right. So, it's like, it's like, it's it's very close to me there. I think when you're close to that, I think you have to defer to, okay. Who makes the world go round? Yeah. And I think at that point, it's I Matt think, Jones I think a little Matt bit over Zach Wilson, Wilson right now. Right now. Yeah. yeah. So okay. So Patriots three, Jets four. Yeah. But crazy to think. That's what I'm saying, man. Tua's. That's why everyone's looking at Miami and going, "What's the problem?" Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You look you, at that offense. You can't. You have two of the probably three fastest receivers in football, and you you if you can't make that work, we don't know how to help you at this point. All right, so we will hit to the defensive side of the ball. This should be very fun, I think. Oh, boy. Here we go. All right, so we will start with the Bills here. Uh, D Labeled as D-linemen, okay. not linebackers. Okay. We got Greg Rousseau, Ed Oliver, Daquan Jones, Von Miller. First round pick. With A.J. Epinesa as, like, their okay. rotational defense end. Okay. Jeez. So I wonder which one's going to win this one. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Miami Dolphins got Emmanuel uh, Ogba, Ogba yeah. Raekwon Davis, and Christian Wilkins. Yeah, it's just okay. Wilkins is sneaky better than people think, but not yeah. all that great. The Patriots have De- – oh, God, what's his name? Deatrich Wise Jr. Yeah, okay, yep. Yeah. Uh, Lawrence Guy, Christian Barrymore. Yeah, first former, former second-round pick last yes. year, two years ago. And then the New York Jets got Carl Lawson, Quinn Williams, John Franklin Myers, and Jermaine Johnson, who they drafted in this past draft. Yeah. Okay, so Buffalo's Buffalo one. is one by the corner. Yeah, I think Jets are two. 
I think Miami's three, and I think New England's four. I don't like anybody on New England. Yeah, I at least like Christian Wilkins from the Miami yeah, Dolphins. Yeah, I, and I think Manu Ogba is a, a, a – I think he's at least average. I think mm-hmm. he's like Will Harris. Yeah. If we're going to – like from yeah, a statistical from a statistical output, output, right? Yeah, like, yeah, he's like fine. Exactly. He's okay. Like he's like – He mean, makes mistakes. upgrade, but like if he's the second best pass rusher on our team, I'm not upset by it yeah. type deal. Um, I don't like anybody on New England. Like Barmore's fine, but he hasn't really shown anything, mm-hmm. and their defense is awful. So like the – I don't like anybody. New England's roster is never going to look great because they have Belichick. Mm-hmm. So it's all schematic based, right? Yeah. So it's hard for a lot of times, like, even if you would go back and look at even some of the Super Bowl teams, you go, yeah, there's individual people that you like, but the overall, you're like, ugh. Yeah. You know? Um, and then there's other years where they're really talented, and you go, yeah, who the hell's stopping this team? So, um, yeah, I, I do not like the defensive line at all. Yeah. They haven't done anything. That's I, I don't, like, everyone's expecting them to be, like, better this year. I go, Mac Jones is bulked up. I go, great. Who's he throwing to? Yep. Uh, linebacking crews here. So, the Bills have Matt Milano and Tremaine Edwards. Yeah, it's just okay. Uh, the Miami Dolphins have Andrew Van uh, Ginkle. <laughs> Yolande Roberts, Jerome Baker, and Jalen Phillips. Who is this? Miami Dolphins. Sure. Um, to show you who the hell I know who I'm talking about. Uh, the New England Patriots have Matthew Judon, Jawan Bentley, and Mac Wilson. Yeah, Judon's good. And the Jets have Quincy Williams, C.J. Mosley, and S- no, that's it, just those two. Just those two. Yeah, C.J. Mosley and Quincy Williams. I don't like any of these guys. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Buffalo at one. Just yeah, because I know like I think Milano's fine. I think it's Edmonds, right? It's yeah, Tremaine Edmonds. Yeah, 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 he's pretty solid. Yeah, Buffalo um, one. I put Jets at two because I like CJ mostly and Quincy Williams. I yeah, Mosley's pretty good. Just got to stay healthy. Yeah, if he's, he's healthy, he's really great good. Linebacker in, in, in Baltimore, like yeah. top five linebacker in the league. And then I'd put Patriots at three and Dolphins four because Dolphins. I literally, when I was naming those, I went. I, I know Jalen Phillips, but I don't know. Yeah. I, no one's doing anything all that spectacular. Yep. Yeah. All right. Secondary is going to be interesting. Here. Secondary. I think from name value, this might be the best secondary we've talked about so yeah. far. Okay. So the Bills, Kerry Elam, the, the guy they drafted yep. out of Florida, yep. Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, Tredavious White, Teron Johnson. Yeah. Is there a secondary? Micah Hyde, by the way, one of the most low-key free agent signings that anyone's ever had that Green Bay sorely misses to this day. Yeah. He is a stud. Yeah, he is an absolute stud. Yeah. Uh, Miami Dolphins here. Uh, let's see. We got Xavier Howard, yeah. Brandon Jones, Javon Holland, and Byron, Byron Jones. Jones. Yeah. Okay. We got – oh, they also have that – oh, let me go back. They also have that rookie, uh, Noah Nibo or whatever. They drafted in the first round last year. Oh, he's like yes. Their, yes, he's, yes, their, yes. he's their backup okay. corner, but yep. he's there. Uh, Malcolm but- – or Patriots. Malcolm Butler, Kyle Duggar, Devin McCourty, Jalen Mills – Jonathan Jones. Not bad. Yeah. They also have Jabril Peppers as a backup yep. at safety, mm-hmm. which is a name it's guy. probably going to be taking McCourty, some of McCourty snaps. And then the Jets have Sauce Gardner, yeah. Jordan Whitehead, Lamarcus Joyner, DJ Reed, Michael Carter II. Which is actually not that bad either. Yeah. Their secondary is pretty good. All right. What do you got? I have Bills 1. Yeah. I, think, I think that secondary might be – them and the Chargers, in my mind, till we get to the Chargers, are kind of like the two best secondaries right now that I'm yeah, thinking about. Um, I would, too. I would put. I think New England's got the best depth. I think they've got good pieces. Uh, yeah, I think in terms of depth, I'd put Patriots. I think Jets just as 
from projecting it as starters. Yeah. Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed, I think, are going to be really good as a one-two together. Yeah. And then having LaMarcus Joyner and Justin Whitehead from Tampa, yeah. I think those safeties can play really well. So just a four, yeah, for sure. I think the Jets would probably be two in my mind. Okay. Patriots could be three, though. And I think uh, Miami just doesn't have the safeties. To kinda... Yeah, that's crazy because Xavier Howard is a very good Xavier Howard's Byron really good, Jones and Byron Jones is really good. Yeah, right. But it's just having... Um, Javon Holland and Brandon Jones as your safeties. Yeah. I go, that's just going to yeah. ding you in a, mm-hmm. in a tough secondary division right. here. Yeah. Um, so Except Miami's playing New England. Yeah. Until they play New England. Yeah, they're probably press man and no one's going to pass them. But until then, yeah. like no one like no one on that, uh, they're going to have a trouble slowing down Stephon Diggs and mm-hmm. like Garrett Wilson yeah. with that secondary. Yeah. So um, so that's how I, I would go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair. Bills 1, Jets 2, Patriots 3, Dolphins 4 there yeah. for secondaries. So, in terms of total defense, I think this it's is still Buffalo. It's Buffalo by a lot. Um, I think I think the Jets surprised me on defense here. Yeah, I would put probably the Jets. Jets too. I don't think the Jets roster is necessarily all that bad. The problem is, is that when you have your quarterback throwing three picks a game, yeah, it really hurt. And they got they got banged up quick, quick last yeah. year. Um, and they they are they're a team like Detroit in a lot of ways where. You're expecting a lot of young guys to play a lot of snaps and play good snaps. Mm-hmm. So that's the issue where, like, I would probably take New England above the Jets from a record standpoint this year. Yeah, but it's hard, and, and Miami, quite frankly, but because their their better players are much better, and their good players are not necessarily guys that haven't done it yet. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're relying on Sauce Gardner to be lockdown corner here in Detroit. We know that eh, maybe that doesn't necessarily work out right away. Nope. You know, so it's hard for me to put the Jets super high but at the same time if you're projecting them to be as good as they're supposed to be you know eh, it's pretty hard mm-hmm. you know so yeah. it's tough it's very very tough real quick rank coaches for me real fast uh in this in this division yeah, yeah. well yeah his yeah historical bills one uh sean mcdermott's two uh what's the chess guy's name he's three robert Sala. yeah robert Sala's three and yeah. then and then the, the miami, miami guy's four i don't know his name. name i think i don't know his name either but the, the hard part about this division when you rank uh coaches instead yeah. of, like because like, if we did this for like nfc west it would be hard because there's a lot of like tenure yeah. coaches there so like it's like oh pete carroll sean McVay, which one do you like mm-hmm. but like this one it's like you have like the goat yeah I know. and then you have like <laughs> the guy who's building the best team right now and right sean mcdermott right and then you and then it's like at that two point then you have two yeah. younger guys who haven't really done anything yeah. but you like the potential of robert sala what he did in the 49ers more than yes the miami guy yeah who also came from the 49ers. Who also came from the 49ers, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, that's going to be it for the NFC or AFC East. What are we doing next week? Probably AFC Probably East. AFC North. Yeah, probably. It's probably a good one to go to. I think, I think we're going to end with AFC West. Yeah, I think just that's, as a, that's, yeah, the, as a that's the fun one. Yeah. So I think it's either AFC North, AFC South. It depends on if like Vince McMahon comes out of retirement or not, if we're going to do the AFC North or South. Yeah, we'll, we're going to be reviewing SummerSlam next week as well. Uh, lots of stuff coming your way, guys. So if Kevin Durant gets traded, obviously we'll be on that as well. It ain't happening, folks. You can't quit holding your breath. But that's going to be it for this week's show, guys. On behalf of the Mystic Whale Man, he's the Merck, so Mike Merkel. I'm the mouth of Michigan, Rob Medeca. We will see you guys, as always, next time.